the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, we were off last week due to a little, you know, mishap. Paul was practicing his chimney runs and landed a little too hard in a fireplace. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you feeling? Feeling good. I, I, I failed to stick the landing. It's um, all right. And I'm on the mend. That's good. And you know what? It's true. Bumbles bounce. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that would be a Rudolph reference, and I'm not having my teeth fold, pulled, but I do bounce. That's good. Also good is no broken bones, no hairline fractures, just a really deep bone bruise, basically, on yeah. your hip. Yeah, I would say um, it's 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 getting better, uh, a little stiff, a little tough to walk. Yeah, I was going to try to do a show myself, but you know what? It just didn't feel right. I was too focused on if you were okay. I didn't want to chance it. I was going to be all out of sorts and out of whack and just, it wouldn't have felt right. Well, I, um, I'm, I'm glad to be back on. I, I just, I felt terrible not doing it, but like you couldn't concentrate. All I could think about was, OMG, I'm dying. <laughs> I was going to say, you were in agony, so it was a little different. Mine was just an agony of watching your poor Patriots get stomped by the Rams, but... Ooh, you had to get that in there. I did have to get that in there because it gets us right into our first topic of the show, Paul, which is the New England Patriots, the roller coaster team of the NFL. Is there any team that is more up and down than the Patriots? As we've talked about, right? We don't know who's showing up. Well, we know who didn't show up. It's really a Jacqueline and Hyde team. It is crazy how this team can be, what was it, 45 nothing? one week in LA and then the next week in LA obliterate it 24 three. And it could have been 240 to three. It really could have. I mean, the offensive line could not, they let everybody through. Nobody was safe. Cam Newton was taken out at the end of the game for Jarrett Stidham, which leads me into my conversation point with the Patriots season, basically being done. You can make the argument that, hey, there's still a chance. They have a 2% chance, according to the experts, of making the playoffs. What that would mean is every other team, I think, has to lose essentially out, and they have to win to get in because right now the Bills sit comfortably atop that division that I don't really think they can get chased down. Then you have Miami ahead of them. And then when you look at it in general, the playoffs, they would have to jump. Let's count them. They're right now in 10th place. There are seven teams that are making the playoffs this year. They are six and seven. The eighth seed Ravens are eight and five. So there are three weeks left. They need to lose basically all three games and the Patriots have to win out. So do the Miami Dolphins. But then you have Cleveland and Indianapolis who are sitting at nine and four and Tennessee. There's no way the Patriots are catching and making the playoffs this year. Am I right? I believe you are spot on. I don't know if you could be any more right. Um, all the stars could align, and that's not happening. There's too many good teams that are not going to lose, and the Patriots, hey, they could win all three. They could. The only th- reason. But the others, the, the, it's just not happening yeah. on the other side. The only reason it's a possibility is if they do end up beating Miami this week, that one helps them. But then. Maybe the Bills, since then they'll have clinched the AFC East, and I don't really think they have a chance at the one or two seed. They're at 10 and three. So Pittsburgh is right ahead of them. Maybe the Bills play their starters. Maybe they don't play their starters. And then the final games against the Jets, which both of you are terrible, and the Jets will be going for 0 and 16. So they're going to be giving it them all probably at that point. And who knows at that point, the Patriots could be playing Stidham. Like, so here's the question is what I was, this whole roundabout was getting to with the Patriots having basically no chance anymore. Should they put Stidham in as their starter these final three games to truly evaluate what they have in him and see if there's any hope for him as their future quarterback or if they truly, after the season, have to look at Cam Newton and a bunch of other options such as Ryan Fitzpatrick, bring Fitzmagic to the Foxborough region, 
or somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo if the 49ers don't sign him. Or to get into the next topic after this one, do you make some sort of move for Carson Wentz? Holy what are your smoke. thoughts as a Patriot fan? So I think putting Stidham in as the Patriots quarterback is like Kentucky Fried Chicken deciding to sell hamburgers. What <laughs> the hell are you thinking? No, he's not ever going to be their starter. He doesn't have it. Move on. What, what if he has three games, full weeks of prep, and he comes in and looks somewhat decent with basically zero offensive weapons? You got to maybe consider it. So do you look at him as a long-term backup? Yes, but you could also look at him as a spot starter for a year or two until you maybe get a good draft pick or somebody in the draft that you want to work on for a year or two that you believe could be the next guy or you're waiting for somebody to go into free agency. I think Bill is in love with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think that's his go-to. But, hey, Carson Wentz seems to have a bus ticket. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Because, um, <laughs> I trust me, not having the show last week, between your hip and the news of Jalen Hurts getting to start over Carson Wentz, I was an emotional wreck. You were hurting. <laughs> I was hurting. And well, here's well, that's thing. a whole different whole different stick for the whole next different century. stick. But to quickly get through this Patriot one, one I think if you truly think you have any sort of shot as a Patriot fan or the Patriots team and Bill Belichick, you start Cam Newton the rest of the year. Because also, even if you don't plan on keeping him and signing him next year, he automatically gives you your best chance to win week in and week out. We all know this. Drive him into the ground. If you don't plan on re-signing him, get every last ounce out of him that you can get trying to push for the playoffs. If you don't get there, oh well. You've already kind of screwed yourself out of a good draft pick. So, so Stidham's playing for his life, right? He wants Stidham's, to keep his spot. He's Stidham's playing for, playing for his backup job. I mean, at this point, we all know in a year or two, whenever his – I forget how long his contract's for. It might be a four-year deal as a rookie contract because of whatever round he was taken in. We all know probably when that's up, he probably won't be around. They'll sign another backup, but they need to figure out a starter. And the Patriots being a team that is going to play merry-go-round with a quarterback seems weird. I feel like for Bill's system to work, you need a quarterback that is there year in and year out who can work in the system and keep building on year after year, bringing a new guy into a complex system like the Patriots apparently have may not always be the best choice to do it yearly. That's just me. Stability seems to usually be a key to success. Do you think they're going to line up to sign Cam Newton, anybody? I don't know if anybody will, but he will want more money than what he got this year. Well, they basically, if, if they can sell a few seats next year and open the snack bar, they can pay the guy. Um, this year... You know, they could pay the guy anyway. But this year, he's playing his heart out to keep a spot. He's trying to sell himself. I keep him in there. I don't think he goes anywhere. If you're going to build and you get, I mean, honest to God, the guy's got nobody to throw the ball to. Stidham has nobody to throw the ball to. Yeah, no. I don't know. Get through the season. Get through the season. If you want to evaluate Stidham, put him in. I think if you want to have a chance of winning a game, you stick with Newton. Yeah. That, no, I agree. I think the only reason there's a part of me that says ghost did him because essentially you'd be doing what the Eagles are doing, which we'll get into in a second. And that is you're seeing what the guy on the bench has. He is a young, he's on a rookie deal. You're seeing what he brings. And if there's any chance of any sort of way, he could be the guy for you. If you're going to do it, if they lose this week, their season's done. It's, Flat out, I think they're eliminated if they lose. If that's the case, I think you roll Stidham out the final two weeks and just see what see if it sticks. If it if it gives you any sort of chance of looking like he's going to be a somewhat competent quarterback moving into year three of the Stidham situation, because I think it's the third year. I forget. But just to see if there's any sort of hope for that. Speaking of hope. <laughs> the Eagles apparently the Eagles apparently have some now uh, the Jalen Hurts situation last week when it happened it caught me off guard but it didn't 
the writing was on the wall. There is some sort of mental block Carson Wentz is dealing with, whether it is himself. I don't know what it is. If there is a, maybe an indifference between him and the coaching staff of what type of plays to call, what he's doing with teammates. It came out before the game last week in the decision that Carson Wentz had stood up in front of the team, basically saying, I know I haven't been my best this year. I take responsibility. A lot of it has fallen on me. I have not made the passes. I have not made the plays. I have not made the correct reads. Like he basically said, guys, yeah, I get it. It's me. Like a lot of the offensive issues are me, which, you know, as a quarterback, as a player in general, is hard to do in front of your teammates, especially when they all know you're the guy that next year, a four-year or five-year extension for a hundred and something million dollars kicks in. Like you're supposed to be the guy, the franchise cornerstone. And now the Eagles are looking at him going, I don't know if he is. They put in Jalen Hurts. The offensive, the offense looked way better. The play calling seemed to be better. Players seemed to be playing harder for him. So it's a weird situation. So leaders take the blame. And in that case, it's the coach and the ownership. And if Carson Wentz is the issue, move on it. That, that, I don't know what else to do. It's but hard, though. I don't even think they should have let him stand up in front. Well, no, it was, a team, it was a team meeting only. I, I, I get it, but the guy's had nothing. He's had no offense. He's had no protection. He's got nothing. Well, that's the, that's the other issue I've had. But that's like putting me in. Yeah. No, I <laughs> Except I can't throw a football to save my life. It's, well, <laughs> neither can he at the moment. It's, yes. <laughs> okay, that's like putting me in. <laughs> so, yeah, when it happened, the hard thing is also with Wentz is the fact that his extension hasn't kicked in. So that is, if they cut him, that's $60 million dead money that they have to deal with over the next three years, which is a salary cap nightmare. Like, there is no recovering from that. You would have to cut guys big money guys here and there, which basically puts your team at a disadvantage because you're getting rid of good players. Turns into New England. Basically. And I don't want to see that. I mean, we're basically the same team at this point because neither of us is making the playoffs. One of us is going to get a better draft pick. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? The Eagles can make a three-game run and win the NFC East because that's what the NFC East is this year. That's just how it is. (laughs) Three wins. (laughs) But. Jeez. It's. As an Eagles fan, I'm torn. I like Carson Wentz as a player. He seems like a good guy. We know he has what it takes to be an elite quarterback. We saw it in 2017 before he tore his knee ligaments all up. He was looking like he was going to be the next guy in the league. He looked like he was going to lead the Eagles to multiple division titles, tore the knee up, as we know, and then here we are. But I think the issue with Wentz is – He's, he's been playing scared. I think he has a mental block when it comes to this year of getting hit. We saw he was the most sacked quarterback before he was benched. And I think that played a part. I think the fact that every time he dropped back, he was wondering if he was going to get hit. Granted, he's a tough guy. He's used to taking hits. He scrambles. He makes all sorts of plays. But I think after a certain time, it wears on you, knowing that you need to get the ball out quickly. You don't have enough time. Plays are breaking down. It all affects him, I think, in a certain way. And then on top of that, once he got benched, that was he had no offensive players really weeks one through 10, and his offensive line was shot. They are on their 12th or 13th alignment of the season. They've had five offensive linemen go out for the year, including their starting left, right tackles, right guard, and I think the backups to at least one of those positions. It's a lot of guys down, but then Hertz comes in and all the Eagles offensive players who have been hurt or coming back from injury are all kind of back and healthy. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey kind of finally back into the swing of things after getting a few games under his belt. You have Jalen Rieger who's come back from injury, finally looking like he's a much healthier. You have Goddard and Ertz, both at the tight ends, your two tight ends that you start the year with. And then, after a few weeks, after week two, Goddard went down. And after week three, Ertz went down. You have them all back. They're all back. They all now have a few games under them. They're healthier. They're back into the groove of things. Wentz is on the bench now, though. So, of course, Jalen Hurts gets these guys when they're finally back kind of at 100%. And I think that makes a difference. 
I just do. And so I think it's hard for me to say Wentz is done in Philadelphia, especially with the money issues. But I think at the moment it's the right move, partly to get Carson Wentz a mental break, because I think he needs it in some way. But also, you do two things with Jalen Hurts. One, you see, maybe he is the next guy. Maybe you do move on from Wentz if you think he really can be the next guy because he kind of plays like Lamar Jackson and that seems successful in Baltimore. So maybe it would work in Philly. Or he looks so good that a desperate quarterback needy team that doesn't have a high draft pick like that team in New England that likes a running quarterback but doesn't want to pay Cam Newton money might go, hey, we'll trade you this pick and this pick for him. And the Eagles maybe go, okay, that helps us maybe rebuild our offensive line, rebuild something on defense. We're going to give Carson another year or two of this extension at least because money-wise it makes the most sense. And they go from there. Maybe that's what's going to happen. I don't actually know what's going to happen. All I know is as an Eagles fan, I am confused and baffled. And yeah, I feel like Carson wants his head must right now. Well, I think he's he, – he seems like he's afraid to get hurt, and I don't mean afraid. I mean playing differently, and it's, it, it totally could be a mental thing. And I think it, it's like having the yips, I feel like. I, I don't know. I don't know. But you got, you're right. You get Jalen that gets everybody back on the line, has a better game. Not like he played with them all along, though. So, I mean, that's why we have preseason or don't, as the case may be. But I don't know. I, I – they got there's only about half the half the league that's on the move with quarterbacks this coming season off season so it's anybody's guess where does everybody end up who knows it's it's all about the finances these they, these teams make these deals that back them into a corner um, they got to unload money I don't know I it will it'll be interesting to see hey Cam Newton doesn't seem to be working out in the New England mix. Um, some days he is, some days he isn't, but yeah. <laughs> every other week up? he is every other week. Every he's great. Other, hey, maybe we could have a buy. We could have, what are we? Eight buys. <laughs> every, every week we win, we get off the next week. It's, it's just how it goes. Oh boy. But yeah. Hey, Carson Wentz, great guy. Um, I, I'd like to see things turn out well for him wherever he lands. Is he going to land in? New England? I don't know. Is he going to land back in Philly? Who knows? I don't know. There's a uh, Obviously, the rumor mill is going crazy. You hear things such as the Indianapolis Colts seem like a good landing spot for him because Phillip Rivers is there on a short-term deal because he's at the end of his career. Frank Reich was the offensive coach for the Super Bowl run the year that Wentz had his MVP-esque season for tearing his knee when he was absolutely destroying every other team in the league and threw like 30-something touchdowns and only had like four interceptions when he went down with a knee injury. And everybody's like, well, seems like a perfect idea. They have the cap space to trade for him. It's the guy that kind of made him be seeming like one of these top quarterbacks. Maybe he goes there, starts fresh. The other option is the 49ers. If the 49ers move on from Jimmy G, Wentz can throw it, but the 49ers are a run-heavy offense. So he's good for that because he can do the play action. He can roll out. He can make those type of passes. He's a mobile quarterback, not as mobile as other guys, obviously, like Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and those type of guys, but he still can move decently for a quarterback. So maybe the 49ers go with him. Who knows? All I know is right now Jalen Hurts is the answer in Philadelphia, as much as it kind of hurts me to say. I see what you did there. But, hey – as a fan first, because we're not getting paid. It's not like I'm a Stephen A. Smith and have to have complete, I'm right down the middle, well, maybe, type situations, even though they all have their bias too. So it really doesn't matter. As an Eagles fan, do I want to see the team win? Yes. Do I want to see a guy that I like on the bench not being involved and taking the blame for everything? No, but that's where we're at. I take the win over that because – Team wins come first. The only bad thing is if they don't win the division somehow, they're in the Patriot boat where now you have a crappy draft pick and that also does nothing for you. Absolutely. And I think uh, I still feel bad for him. And I wonder what the conversation was like benching him. Um, I do too. 
I, you know, that's it, it, it's a job, right? And that's never an easy yes. conversation. But dear God, I, you know, the guys. There was, was a cute video. There was a cute video. There's an Eagles fan. He's a kid. He has like an Eagles podcast. I think he can't be more than like 10 or 11 years old. And he put out a video on Twitter telling Carson once he's like, hey, you know, you're still one of my favorite players. Like, I understand you got benched. Like, you're going to get through this. Like, it's okay. Um, and like, was really kind of like trying to give him like an upbeat, like speech. And Carson once responded to him saying, hey, thanks for the kind words. Don't worry. I know there's a plan for me. I'll come out stronger from this type thing. And it was kind of a nice little thing, little back and forth. The kid actually had seen a video earlier this year. He asked Eagles players if they'd come onto his podcast during their bye week. And I think two or three players actually did. Amazing. That's so also nice. Um, but that was just a nice little thought I had there. So he clear he's going to it with a positive attitude because I think you really can't do it any other way. Because if you get traded, you get traded and they want to know you have a positive attitude when things aren't going your way. And if he stays, you want to make sure you show your teammates, hey, I know things were rough last year. I know what happened. I saw it. Um, but you know what? I'm here now. I'm doing this. Like, whatever it is, whatever the next steps are, he has to go into it with a positive attitude no matter what so it doesn't reflect poorly on him in the future. So besides that, Paul, fewer the things to fewer the things to talk about. We'll get into our locks and must must watch in just a minute and we also have some trash talking to do because whether the fans like it or not, you and I are going to be enemies this week and we'll touch on that in a minute. But we'll never be enemies, we're frenemies. Oh. <laughs> but before we get to that, I have to talk to you about the Lions safe, uh, not safety center, Frank Ragno, who suffered a fractured throat in the first quarter of Sunday's game and finished it somehow. Don't know how, but you hear fractured throat. Don't you kind of think how, how do you breathe? <laughs> <laughs> so the larynx, I've heard of fractured larynx. I mean, a fractured neck. Because that's where it is. Um, I don't know. So I, I guess they didn't hear him shouting. You got to get air through that windpipe. Well, so apparently his airway is fine. He can breathe and eat. But he's supposed to not talk right now. They're consulting specialists to determine how much time he might miss. I feel like he's played the most snaps of any center this year. I feel like maybe since you're on the Lions and you're definitely not making the playoffs – Maybe just maybe, take take the rest of the year off, <laughs> or not talk for the rest of your life. I think I take the year off. So my question is one: the balls on that guy. How tough do you have to be to play with a fractured throat? It but sounds what, funny. <laughs> what is the worst injury that you could still physically move? Do you think you could tolerate to play an entire game with? So funny you should mention it this week. Well, um, I thought it kind of, you know, it kind of went in because I don't physically think with the way your hip is, you could play. So, so you know, people, it's a job, right? He's a football player. That's his yeah. job. And he went out and he kept playing, much like somebody I know kept doing after he injured his hip. But anyway, I think the worst injury I could play a football game with, if I was playing a football game, would be a toothache. <laughs> and and sometimes those are debilitating <laughs> they can be if i have to think about it depending on the position i played obviously would also have a key part of this i think if i was like a defensive lineman i could play with like a dislocated shoulder or like a broken oh. hand something that they can wrap up hand. something like that where, yeah, I know I have to use my hands, but if I'm like a defensive tackle and basically my job is just to push into the offensive lineman and to try to get space for my other guys, I feel like I could still do that somewhat successfully despite the pain and the little lack cortisone. of use. Yeah. Little like, cortisone, go out and play the game. You can't get a cortisone shot in your throat because then you can't breathe. No, you can't. But yeah, like I feel like dislocating or breaking certain bones, I feel like you might be able to get away with. But that's like fractured throat i feel like if my throat felt like it was hit in any sort of way where it felt weird all of a sudden and talking and things like that hurt i'd be like yeah i can't no yeah how do you mentally get through that right like am i doing 
okay, my hand's broken and it's probably going to take all off season to heal, right? They might have to break it to fix it. If you can't breathe on, if you can't talk, clearly he could breathe, but if you can't talk. I feel like that's an issue. I don't know. I, that, that's a problem. So, yeah, no, uh, definitely props to Ragno. Um, you are definitely a lot tougher than like 99% of the men in the world, I would say, outside yeah, of like those crazy fighters and people obviously like that have to fight through injury and do things through injury just because. Hey, there's a lot of them out there playing in pain, but that's frightening. That's scary. Yeah, that I can't is... talk. <laughs> yeah, that's why like dislocated shoulder, something that they can pop back. It mm. still hurt, but I like I think I could do it. Fractured through it, I feel like I'd be like, there's the line. I found the line for you. The line is right there. <laughs> you can't tell the coach, coach, I can't play because you can't talk. Yeah. So exactly. you win. That yeah. That that is very much true. Uh Paul, so now we are gonna get to before our must-watch and locks of the week. As you said, we're gonna be frenemies. I said we're gonna be enemies, but apparently we're gonna be frenemies. Fantasy football playoffs are upon us. Uh, you only have one league to worry about. I have three. So this is a very stressful week for me because I am in three playoff games. I had a bye week round one for two of my three leagues. So, you know, I only had to focus on one game. It luckily crushed it in that game. But still, now, as the number one seed, I have to represent. And one of those games I have to represent is against you. So, so you and I both know the outcome of that game is going to determine the outcome of the season, which is very important to both of us. Yeah, there is a huge winner of this has to face my brother or his wife in Arizona, and none of us want to ship that trophy out to Arizona. So the winner of our game has to win it all because that's really the only option. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm past the trade deadline, and I'm, I'm up against it. I, I, I'm in tough you shape. A, you have a stacked team. Don't even try that. <laughs> Your team on okay. paper is better than my team. My team yeah. has just put up good numbers certain weeks to give me that top seed. And I needed a final week upset by two people in the league to jump to the number one seed from being the we three almost, seed. Hey, we almost had one of them knocked out of contention except for crazy nonsense take a knee at the end of the game. BS. Yeah, that that oh. was rough. That's a rough way to lose a game. Uh, Josh Allen's knee at the end of the game cost a point that led to a tiebreaker and the higher seed ended up winning, which is not what we wanted. So Josh Allen, shame on you for not getting three more yards of rushing in that game. It would have made everything Any, fine. One more play. It was one of those things. But yeah, so um, you're, uh, here's my trash talk. You're going down good, sir. Okay, you are. <laughs> Knock yourself out. All right, I better check my team. <laughs> uh, the worst thing is, I will say this, last thing about fantasy football talk, because unless we're giving you advice, nobody really cares. All three of my matchups, I am the higher seed in every single one of them. I am projected to lose each one of them by two points or less. One of them I'm projected to lose by 0.2. One I'm projected to lose by 0.5. And I think against you, I'm projected to lose by two points. So I'm so, not favored in any game, which is highly I'm not, disappointing. I'm not up for the trash talk. Clearly neither am I. If, if you beat me this week, I might be okay with it. If you weren't my father-in-law as well, if you were just one of the guys from the other league, You'd be killing I, would, I would say way worse things. Hey. Just saying. Uh, it's a game. It is. But it's a friendly some, game. We also have no money on the line in this league. The other two both have some money on the line. And uh, well, when there's money on the line, things get violent. Well, you focus on that and I'll focus. Oh, on no, I'm focusing on all of them. Oh, by yeah. the way, where is that trophy now? It's in my house because I'm a three-peat champion. You are the man. That's the other thing. I'm going for four-peats. Peat, 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 peat. Yeah. I haven't, I don't, nobody can stop me in this league is just what I'm saying. Well, I'm thinking that you might keep and take the whole thing. So I hope Let's, you do because it can't leave the state. <laughs> can't leave the state. That's right. All right. Now let's get into our must-watch and locks of the week. We're not going to go back two weeks because it makes no sense. We missed last week. We're not going to cover week 13 because that would just be silly. So week 15, our must-watch and locks of the week, they are brought to you by my bookie. We have a quick ad. Check it out. 
The NFL and college football seasons are wrapping up and heading towards the playoffs and bowl seasons, along with the NBA and NHL seasons right around the corner. There's no better time to get in on the action than now. Support the 12 on Sports team by going to mybookie.ag and signing up today using the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS, all caps, no spaces. When signing up, MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 on your first deposit will be matched by MyBookie when simply typing in the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z-SPORTS, that's all caps, no spaces, at MyBookie.ag. Get on the action today. What are you waiting for? As always, though, gamble responsibly. That's right. Again, like I said, always make sure to gamble responsibly. So, Paul, it's the MyBookie must-watch and locks of the week. We're going to start with you. What is your must-watch for week 15? So, going to be a great game. 12-1 and Chiefs, 10-3 and Saints. It's just going to be good football. If you want to watch a good game, watch the game. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, still no Drew Brees. He apparently is having issues breathing when he throws and makes certain movements. So not really a thing you want to have as a quarterback in a game where you get hit in that area a lot. Or the center. So still Taysom Hill. (laughs) The Saints are coming off a major upset. The Eagles took them down. Nobody saw that coming, even with Jalen Hurts as quarterback. (laughs) Like, that was just (laughs) shocking. The Chiefs now also, after this past week loss by the Steelers against the Bills, are now the number one seed, so they are still fighting for that bye. So they're going to be trying to fire on all cylinders. Paul, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a must-watch. Who do you have winning this? Chiefs. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree there. They have to win. They have Un- to win. Unless the Saints defense steps up and – somehow is able to control Tyreek Hill. And then on top of that, Travis Kelsey, who is on pace to have more receiving yards than any even wide receiver in the league, which is unheard of as a tight end. He is just having a phenomenal season. Like they have to shut down two big guys there. And then, oh yeah, they also have like Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell, Edwards Hilaire. Like they just have offensive weapon after offensive weapon that you have to make sure there's an eye on each one of them. Cause if you don't, they take you down, and if you lose track of Patrick Mahomes, he can scamper a little bit. He's not the fastest guy, but he has these creative moves that he can get a few extra yards here and there if he takes out of the pocket. Smart player, and he'll get the points. Yeah. All right, my must-watch of the week. A little bit of a surprise one. I'm going the Seattle Seahawks versus the Washington football team because, well, the Seahawks are fighting for the NFC West title. And the Redskins, despite how poor the NFC East has been this year and how much of a dumpster fire it has been, they have caught fire as a division, except for the Cowboys, lately. Where (laughs) if the Washington football team wins this game, they will be 500. That will be a 500 team in the NFC East after 15 weeks of football. It's a must-watch because if the Redskins win, they basically have a clear shot at the NFC East. It is theirs for the taking, whereas if they lose, it opens up that door for uh, for the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys will give them a shot, even though they don't deserve it, at the division title, which is just still nuts that you can't take any of those teams out of the hunt, even though logistically any other division they're in, they're out of it. So it's a must-watch for a bunch of reasons. Seattle needs it to keep that whole NFC West title higher seed alive because it's them and the Rams. Cardinals dropped off. I don't know what happened to them. So, yeah, that's my must-watch. I, I know like you're it. speechless. All you have to say no, about I the do. game I like is, it. I think uh... it's the Alex Smith comeback tour. That's it. I mean, he's, he destroyed his leg. He's come back two years later. He's going to get the award for comeback player of the year, no matter what, because how do you not give to the guy who basically almost lost a leg two years ago? Granted, it should go to Ben Roethlisberger because his team is better. He's having a better season statistically, but no, it's going to go to the guy that almost lost a leg because, well, it should go to the guy that almost lost a leg. Yeah, that's, 
That's how it goes. <laughs> the Redskins could have gone 0 and 16 okay, if he my played. Team or I almost lost a leg. <laughs> yeah. Like they could have gone 0 and 16. He could have been abysmal. But the fact that he came back into the league and played an actual game, he would have gotten it anyway. He could have thrown one pass and they would have been like, you get it. You, that's you. You are the comeback player of the year. So that's my most watched, Paul. Next, we have our locks, and there is a similarity between our lock picks. But I'm going to let you start it off before we so, reveal what it is. So, so the lock this week, and you know how I feel. It's anybody beats the Jets. Anybody versus the Jets is the is is my lock. However, the Rams, it's what is it? A 17 point spread? Yeah, at the moment it is a 17 point spread as I last looked. So. I think back to the horror show last week and the Rams beat the Patriots 24 to three. And in my quick calculation, that's 17 points. That's 21 I points. I think they beat the Don't Jets worry. and I think they beat the spread. Uh, it's 21 point difference there. Let's just clarify that you know math. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I, I didn't. I, it, it was at least 17 is what I was going Yes, with. there you go. That would have made that sentence a little bit better. I do better. not have <laughs> three from 24. I do know math. I, this guy, I do good math, I math do good me math. good at. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think the Rams beat the Jets by at, at least the 17. All right. I like that pick. All right. I'm, and again, don't forget, if you're going to take that bet, go to my bookie. But besides that, the other pick to go with, my lock of the week, because, well, there's really no need to go off on yours because the Jets are on 13. They're terrible. The Rams could easily put up 30 points on them. The Browns against the Giants, there's the theme. The New Jersey teams, are, we're going against them. The Browns are favored by four against the Giants. I am taking that after what I just saw happen Monday night with the Browns and the Ravens game. Paul, it's weird to say, one of the best games I have ever witnessed in my life of how much back and forth excitement there was. Lamar Jackson had to run to the bathroom, said he had cramps, clearly had the runs. <laughs> comes back miraculously after wiping. You could tell by the way he was running to the locker room and from the locker room. He definitely, <laughs> definitely had something going on down below. He says it was cramps. He looked just fine making that touchdown pass when he came back in. But you have that. You had Baker taking it back down, scoring. Then the Ravens coming back down, kicking the 55-yard field goal. It was 12 touchdowns in total, I think it was. Tons of running touchdowns, like, if you're a fantasy owner, you were very happy because each running back, I think, in that game had two touchdowns, or at least one. You had J.K. Dobbins, Hunt, Chubb, and Gus Edwards all at least had one or two rushing touchdowns. And then Lamar Jackson also had two rushing touchdowns. Baker Mayfield had a rushing touchdown. It was rushing galore. And I think the Browns are a legit team. Weird to say. They're a team to actually be afraid of a little bit going into the playoffs, and I think they take care of the Giants on Sunday night football. I think they beat them easily by four points. So I think they win by a touchdown, which would cover that four-point spread. That's my lock. Put it in the books. I love your lock coming out of Cleveland. That game was great. Was it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, wait, were you trying to say Cleveland locks? Ah, Cleveland rocks. But I'm bummed. I see what you're doing there. Good transition also. Speaking of Cleveland, we're going to get into some baseball news. Oh, boy, this is fun. <laughs> it was announced that the Cleveland Indians will be no more. Just like the Redskins, they are a thing of the past, soon to be. For right now, they are the Cleveland baseball team because they are I don't think they've announced a new name. So, Paul, since they haven't, let's try to figure out at least one or two names that they could be for their new team name. Now, let's not go, you know, cliche. One name I've heard thrown out there, which actually wouldn't be a bad one because it would make sense. The Cleveland Tribe, because they said a tribe isn't necessarily Native American, but it would keep kind of the images and things that they have, like how they did the writing and stuff, still alive. And you kind of can make an easy transition to it because this is my tribe. Like people can say like, Oh, it just means like their group of friends and things like that. It's a stretch, but it would technically te take away from the whole negative connotation of the native American stuff, which is what they're trying to get away from. 
So I'm just, I'm just yammering on here. Paul, what are some names? Give me one or two names that you think the Cleveland baseball team can now go by. Well, you got to get away from the, the tribe. You got to get away from the whole genre. Oh, oh you're just going to take it on the chin. So the Cleveland baseball team. So Cleveland has more breweries than Milwaukee. They can't call them the Brewers. <laughs> they cannot become the Brewers. But you can call them the Suds. I don't know what you're going to call them, but the 12 like ounces. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the Cleveland 12 ounce Suds. <laughs> the 12 ounce Suds. We could be Ooh. their sponsors. 12 ounce sports. The Koozies. <laughs> so um, I don't mind. They have to change their name. I do mind if they skirt around the issue and try to keep the. Uh, keep the theme alive. I, they got to, if you're changing it, change it and move on. Um, I don't know. They got a lot of beaches. A lot Something, of beaches. They can't be dolphins. Hold on. Cleveland. Yeah. They're Cleveland, Ohio has yeah, a lot they of got beaches. Freshwater lakes. Yeah. That's lakes. Those aren't called beaches. Lakes, beaches. No, I think it's just sand and dirt around a body of water. <laughs> so, <laughs> The mud holes, we have mud hens. They could be the, I don't know. I, I God, what do you, it's not easy to pick. I you mean, know what Cleveland is also known for? More art museums than anywhere else in the country. The Cleveland very Arts. Culture. <laughs> Cleveland Arts. <laughs> Artists. Um, I'm actually surprised with the whole, you know, Cleveland locks, Cleveland rocks. You didn't say they could be the Cleveland rocks. <laughs> Just the big boulders. They could be. They could be. They could be. The Cleveland Notes, because they have the Rock oh, and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe they could get Mimi Bobek to be their cheerleader. Maybe they could. Uh, <laughs> I personally like the joking ones, such as the Cleveland Steamers. It can mean train. And also, if they're really bad, you dropped a steamer. <laughs> the pies. Yeah, exactly. The steaming pies. Uh, I like that one. And let's see. Let's get creative here. The Cleveland, hmm. There you go. The Cleveland, hmm. I hmm. think <laughs> the Cleveland, what is, he, what is even Cleveland known for outside of that? Art, beaches, and breweries. You know what? They have the dog pound for the Browns. What if they're the Cleveland dogs? D-A-W-G. D-A-W-G. Can you do that? Can Why you do not? slang? Why not? I don't know. I don't know. They got Cleveland. Browns is so clever. I mean, call them the Reds. Um, Cincinnati. <laughs> Did you forget about that? Did you just forget about that? I was going for that Indian. Did you just forget about the Cincinnati Reds being an existing oh, I knew about team? The Reds. That's why I said the Milwaukee Brewers. You can't do it. <laughs> I don't um, know. The, all look, the good names are taken. The Cleveland Blue Sox. We How have the White the Sox and the Red Sox. The Kangaroos. Everybody's just ooh. The Cleveland Kangaroos actually doesn't have a bad ring to it. They can keep their suds in their pouches. <laughs> you just want beer involved somewhere. The Cleveland foam. <laughs> yes. Good head on that beer. Uh, that was a really, that was our poor attempt at coming up with Cleveland names, but that's also all our baseball news for the week. Yeah, there's nothing going on. No, I mean, there's like small signings here, like the Red Sox sign Hunter Renfro, but we're, it's not like we're the guys to go. Let's break I down this that makes that hot sauce. <laughs> what? I wonder if his aunt makes the hot sauce. Oh. oh, I had to think about that for a second. All right, Paul, next next up we're going to talk about is in the NBA. The preseason has started, and you know what that means? In-depth preseason basketball conversations, such as James Harden's weight gain. Go. OMG. I think he ate a base a basketball. What the heck? <laughs> they he were didn't off for meal. they were off for three months. I don't know if he moved. James Larden. James <laughs> Larden, I like it. I you know I'm not going to make fun of the guy because I could put on weight as fast as anybody else. But, yeah, oh but you're my skinny God. right now, so go for it. 
they're doing a picture side by side, you wouldn't even know it's the same guy. It looks like two. Well, I heard uh, on one of something I was listening to, they were joking because he wasn't allowed. He had to get testing and stuff done before because he was in Atlanta before he was allowed to come back to the team. And they were like, they probably actually should. He probably showed up to get tested and like they turned him away being like, no, come on. You really think we're going to fall for this? You're not James Harden. James, James is, there's no way you're James Harden. There's no way in three months you're James Harden coming back looking like that. You're just another guy with a beard that has a similar resemblance. I don't know. Can you gain that much weight in three months? Well, that's the thing that he had four months off when the NBA paused between when they shut down for COVID and when the bubble started. That's four months of, he had a month longer. But, and you were supposed to do nothing. You were supposed to really do nothing then. You know what I think happened? Do you know what was around now that wasn't around back then? The McRib. Oh, the McRib came back. And I think James, this is like, you know what? I love it. I love me the McRib and I'm going to have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He didn't have more. And he probably had Uber Eats deliver it. So he didn't have to actually physically go anywhere. Because I think even if he had to physically go from his house to his car and drive there and get back and walk back into his house, he doesn't gain that much weight. How? So if you Google the McRib and that's all he ate, I think you want me to make sense. I, don't know. I think it's I, like eating formaldehyde. But I think anyway, I just solved it. Like, what? How are you as a an NBA All Star athlete? What are you doing these past three months that you could even physically put on that much weight? You would have to still do shoot arounds and try to keep yourself like you know somewhat active, getting ready for the season. Like you're not just sitting there going, okay, which batch of Ben and Jerry's am I going to try next? <laughs> like that's not what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe he wants to be a food sponsor and he's trying it all. He wants to see um, what he can really get behind. I'm really down to Burger King or Wendy's or McDonald's or KFC or Taco Bell. I'm not really sure, guys. I think I need more samples. I think I do. I need a couple of dozen taquitos and then with a side of fries. He's been trying these new protein bars. They're called Snickers. He just doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't. His protein bars. Somebody snuck um a whole bunch of saturated fat into that protein bar it looked like his trainer was eddie lacy do you remember eddie lacy for the nfl no he was a very large man he showed up like after one off season and like they were like you're like 60 pounds overweight (laughs) (laughs) do you know that everybody is we're probably going to crash the internet because everybody's googling pictures to get the before and afters and they were everywhere crazy and he stopped and playing basketball in September. They were eliminated in the playoffs in like September. It is now mid-December. What happened? You know, some people eat their sorrows, right? Maybe that's what he did. I know some people, they, you know, they, they become one with the sofa. Like they have to have the cushion surgically removed from their skin. One I don't know. How, how do you... <laughs> Hollywood stars have to gain weight to do some movies. And I uh, did he hire someone to help him gain the weight? I don't know. I don't Crazy. know what happened. It's so bad. All right. <laughs> enough, about, enough about James Lark. I feel good, by the way. Enough about I, James I actually, I, personal, but I'm telling you anyway, I fit into another belt size down. Oh, just telling you. Good for you. There is no belt currently that fits James Harden. James Harden had to. Belt two belts together. James Hardy boy. <laughs> Hardy, Hardy. He ate the roast beef and the cow. He's the he's the guy. He's the big boy burger. Oh yeah, they they went out of business, so he stole the doll and he ate it. <laughs> All right, James Harden. If you're a fan of the show, I apologize immensely. Please come on. But if you're not, hey, listen. It's all about it's all about fun and it's all about selling some radio. James, you're a great player. Stop me. <laughs> oh, all right. Speaking of other great players, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I take the name. Don't worry, Paul, because I know if you had to try it, you would just start saying the alphabet or go. I God thought it was Abacus, but you know him better as the Greek freak. He signed a supermax deal, five years, two hundred and twenty-eight million, which breaks down to eleven thousand dollars or so every NBA minute that he will play. Or of every NBA game. So you'd have to pay him that because it's Milwaukee. Well, 
also if he's he's allowed they have their structure set up that if he's there long enough you get certain levels of deals you can get certain years and money and he was at the highest level you could get if he stays in milwaukee he gets that money if he goes elsewhere i think it lowers down to like 198 million so there's like a 30 million difference it's incentive to stay where you are it's to try to help the small market teams and seems to have worked he also said leaving is not in my dna he wants to win it for Milwaukee. He doesn't want to be a guy that goes somewhere else and needs other people to win it. He wants people to come to him and come to Milwaukee to win it there with him. My question is, Paul, is $228 million over five years enough to keep you in Milwaukee or really any other city in the world? Like, is there a place where that much money would not be worth it to you to have to live for five years in the USA? We will specify that. So, so you have to figure suburbs. Yeah. Guys have drivers. Although, no, I won't go there. Um, commuting sometimes is deadly. Um, I would say that I would, yeah, 228 million for five years. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's really no place in this country that I would not be willing to spend that. That is an NBA city. I mean, Cleveland, Detroit, like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll still sign for that. I still have so, multiple months in the offseason. I can go somewhere else and stuff my face a la James Harden. Think about the TV markets, though. So, yes, he's very recognizable. He's going to be a face of some equipment, some sports, something, cars, whatever it's going to be. TV market sweetens that deal. So if you're in New York or Boston or Los Angeles, so you're going to get more, but he's going to do well. $228 million is a jumping off point. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Also, he's still going to get deals, ads, things like that. He is a known recognizable player in the league. The NBA and the NFL do good jobs of marketing their players way better than te- leagues like the MLB. So He's already been in some ads. He's going to be just fine. $220 million, all guaranteed. The Greek freak is set for life, and he is still very young. So good for him. Slightly jealous that I wasn't born a seven-foot freak of nature basketball player that could do that myself. But here I am talking to you. Yeah, here we are. (laughs) We are talking about... Would we live anywhere for that type of money? Like we have a ton ourselves and could just throw $228 scoff at the idea. (laughs) Me live in Milwaukee. Uh, No, thank you. I don't even know where Milwaukee is. Uh, But no, Hey, good for Milwaukee though. They not only have signed Giannis for a five-year extension, great big star that they keep in the small market city. Baseball wise, the Brewers also signed Christian Yelich who also, big name in baseball, more recognizable than a lot of people, NL MVP two years ago. He also signed a long-term deal last year to stay in Milwaukee. So people that always like guys, big name guys, want to get out of the small market. Well, these two, both of Milwaukee, just showed you, they don't. They're perfectly happy where they are and making it work for them there. When is enough enough? I don't know. I, a lot of I give never. a lot of credit. I like that. I like it. I do too. So besides that NBA news, one last thing for the NBA I want to touch on before we get into our holiday spirit, because Paul, honestly, we could talk about the college football playoff and how it's a complete sham and shell of what it should be. But why, why ruin the holiday spirit at the end of the show? So we're not going to do that. We're going to do one more lighthearted, fun little story that comes out of Cleveland and Larry Nance Jr., who put up a message on Twitter today showing the good heart that he has. And Paul, I'm going to read to you what he wrote. He said, Hey, Cleveland, locally owned businesses are some of the pillars of our communities. They have been and still are being hit hard by this pandemic. In an effort to bring some extra support to them, I need your help. Send a shirt, extra large, hat, or piece of apparel from any of your favorite local businesses you'd like to see helped out to me. And he gives his address. I will wear each piece of apparel to a game this year, be photographed, and post about that business to help bring awareness to them. On top of that, I will be selling my worn jersey from said game and will match whatever price the jersey sells for with 100% of the proceeds 
going to the business being represented that night. This is our city. These are our communities. Let's help each other in the time of need. Go Cavs, Larry. So he is taking it upon himself to donate where whatever these businesses sent him. So publicity right there where these businesses will then have people eyeballs on them. They get a night or two of traffic flowing in, buying things, helping them out, then selling his game-worn jersey and matching whatever it goes for and giving that money directly to the business from that night's game that he represented. That's awesome. I like that. That's that's giving back and being part of the community that you're working in. That is extreme holiday spirit. Yes, I know we probably would have done it even if it wasn't the holiday season because he's playing on do it for the entire season. But like that is one of those things that no matter what, how good or bad of a player Larry Nance Jr. is, and he's he's like one of those average. He's a guy that comes off the bench sometimes, has a good night here or there. But no matter what, he is a good guy from here on out. Like you cannot say bad things about Larry Nance Jr. if he's doing this because, I mean – that's a huge deal for these small businesses. You can't so, buy that exposure. So, you know me. I, I, I always think of the twisted piece of this. You have to buy him a piece of apparel to support that business, right? The man's 6'7". <laughs> I hope they have triple extra tall. Well, he said he wears an extra large shirt. I mean, he can wear a shirt underneath it for all he cares. He just wants yeah. to have that be shown. It's the principle. I get it. I yeah. get it. So 6'7". But his heart is 10 sizes bigger that year. Yeah. And the fact that he's going to... Christmas reference. Uh, oh, no, we know. If you don't know the Grinch reference, come on. Then if you don't if you don't know the Grinch reference, you stink, stink, stunk. Stunk. <laughs> but what do you think? He's just standing there looking at himself every night, looking at all the things he's got and going, what will I wear? What will I wear? <laughs> That's it. I'm not going. Oh boy, you oh. missed your calling. Oh man, what are you talking about? This is my calling. We just talked about this. I don't need the two hundred twenty-eight million. That's right. We got this. This. <laughs> By the way, thank you, Twelve on Sports, for all that you do. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But no, it's a great thing that he's doing. You got to give it to him. And if you like these businesses, maybe some of them sell through Amazon. And Paul, if they do, make sure you use. 12 on sports with Amazon, go to www.12onsports.com backslash Amazon. It will take you to Amazon's website, but it helps us out. Anything you buy, we get a percentage of that from Amazon, which is pretty sweet for us. Helps us grow as a network, helping the little guy out, just like Larry Nance is doing with these small local owned businesses. So again, that is www.12onsports.com dot com backslash amazon make sure you use it when you do all your holiday shopping only have a few weeks left get it done help us out help yourself out and give everybody that holiday cheer all right paul that wraps up the sports talk of our show last but not least we started it two weeks ago obviously we missed last week must watch christmas movies for all those people out there that definitely need to know what we think is a must watch. I will let you start. Give me two to make it for last week. Two must watch Christmas movies. So I, two weeks ago, kept it light. This week I have my two favorites. Um, I don't want everybody busy to be too busy next week. So um, it's a wonderful life, right? And why? Because it's got a message. It's a long movie. It's two hours and ten minutes without commercial. It's a long movie on TV. It's, it's even longer. Time. My favorite movie. What? Is it Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh my God! It's like seven days long. But anyway, no man's a failure who has friends. So for those people feeling lonely, who are all cooped up, who are all doing the COVID thing and doing what they're supposed to, and you're thinking you're down on yourself, don't be down on yourself. So you have one friend. Home. If you weren't there, you got friends. Yeah. Um, so it's a wonderful life for all the right reasons. It's a Christmas movie, yes, but it has a great message. Number two, 
Polar Express has did another like, message. Did you like my terrible drumroll? <laughs> my computer froze and I didn't hear it. Oh, it's okay. I hope nobody else did either. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Polar Express, you got to believe. You have to believe. You got to pass the belief onto your kids. And it's just a good thing. It's a good feeling. It's about the spirit. And it lives within every one of us. And if you can't have that bell ring, I feel bad for you. Imagine somebody's like, but I'm, I'm deaf. <laughs> then how'd you hear the show? <laughs> but I'm bum. Exactly. Boom. Caught you. Now, <laughs> I have a feeling that your picks are going to be enjoyable, maybe a little comedic. Yes, you were right. Because, well, obviously, after Ernest Saves Christmas, there's a, no place to go really but down my picks because that is clearly <laughs> the upper echelon of cinematic masterpieces in general, if I must say. The whole Ernest series is just mwah, chef kiss. Besides that, I'm going to start with, I'll start with the one that, you know, is newer and just a good movie, lighthearted, has some, you know, good references for the year it came out and still, you know, they still work today. Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, just get the seven-day free trial if you just want to watch that because it is a good movie. Kurt Russell, Santa Claus, he's singing, he's dancing. Everybody's having a good time. It's a lighthearted, fun Christmas movie. Now, let me tell you this. First 20 minutes, you're going to be like, what the hell, Greg? This is not fun. Because, Paul, I told you about this movie, and you watched it, and you basically said, this is awful what are you doing to me 20 minutes in i wanted to drive up and slap you silly you did 22 minutes in you were like oh my gosh this is fantastic okay so, laugh out loud yeah it is Maybe a good movie sniffle it's fantastic it so, is a fantastic movie christmas chronicles number one the second one i'm gonna go with is one that i always thought was hilarious as a kid still think it's funny now especially as an adult with you hear parents people especially right now trying to get the playstation 5 Reminds me of Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad going trying to find Turbo Man the toy. Right now, everybody's looking for that PlayStation 5 and nobody can get it. It's basically Jingle All the Way 2020. It's a hilarious movie, other than the fact of just, it's so dumb, but also at the same time, it's just so spot on of what the stress that parents go through when there's that toy that your kid wants and it is impossible to find. If you have ever tried to shop for a child on that hard-to-find gift, it is a fall-out-of-the-chair funny movie. I am luckily not at that stage yet. So all my kids care about are they get trucks. And, and cardboard boxes and wrapping paper. And the second one doesn't even know what Christmas is. So I'm still very much in the mindset of I can get them whatever they want, and they're just going to think it's awesome. I think, I think they do know. Well, not to the extent of like they no, know what toy brainwash them in. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> toy in the magazine that they're like that specific one and you're like oh, maybe <laughs> throw that magazine away yeah <laughs> but yes so my two again Christmas Chronicles Jingle All The Way Paul yours are one more time it's a wonderful life and Polar Express two very meaningful you know if, if you have the spirit if you don't have the spirit you might get the spirit yeah watch both so those are our Christmas movie picks for must-watches if you haven't yet this holiday season. Besides that, the last thing I will say is one more time, our locks for the week are Paul is going with the Rams at 17 over the Jets as the point spread, so they got to win by that, obviously, or more than 17 for those of you who are still new to gambling. And then the Browns at four against the Giants are our two picks. That's what we're going with. So... Those are our locks. Go to my bookie. Paul, any last parting words before we wrap this all up in a nice little Christmas bow? Not even Christmas bow, just a nice little bow. So resist the urge. Stay safe. It's hard, but if you do it this Christmas, you can spend next Christmas with your loved ones, wear a mask, social distance, and celebrate with your immediate household. It's the right thing to do because then next year we'll all be able to do what we do so well is to get together and have a great time. Wear a mask, social distance, and be responsible. 
That is correct. I will double down on that. Just be responsible this year. Be smart. Be safe. Keep wearing those masks. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Just go with the flow. Everything. Hopefully in a year, we'll be back to normal. We can all have our holiday parties. We can all have share drinks and you know double dip into each other's dip and everything will be fine. Double <laughs> dip it. Don't double dip. That'd be disgusting. Yeah. All right, I draw the line there. Share your drinks. Don't share your dip. <laughs> Don't share your drinks. <laughs> Not right now. Next, oh, next year. year. Next year. We can, you yeah. know, oh, what are you drinking? Oh, let me try that. Oh, no, it's safe. I, I have, have one I, of those. I got, Separate you know, container. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> or I have to kill you. <laughs> exactly. So that is it, though, for this week on the Sports Stance. Paul, one more thing I got to let the people know. Probably should have told them at the beginning because whoever's with us now, Paul is on Twitter. That is right. He is Sidekick Paul. You can find him at the specific ad is Sidekick, S-I-D-E, Kick, Paul. That's all one thing, 83. So that is Sidekick Paul on Twitter. We'll be tagging him in our shows when we tweet him out from the Sports Dance account, which is Sports Dance underscore. Check it out. Follow us. Pausing to learn how to actually tweet and what it all means. Join him on his journey. It's going to be a good one. Again, also, don't forget to check out 12 on Sports Shows. Mike said it first. Captain Lou's Extravaganza, The Burn with Mitch, The Rome Show, Tarps Off. We got a bunch of new shows joining the network every single week. 12 on Sports. Check it out. Paul, you look like you had something to say about your Twitter handle. Yeah, I was just, uh, I am taking the journey and you're getting me there. (laughs) (laughs) God knows. I would pick up my phone and say, this thing makes calls. Yeah. Hot takes galore coming out of Sidekick Paul's Twitter handle. (laughs) (laughs) Very insightful. All right. That is it for us, though. Again, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Sports Dance Podcast. Find us on iTunes Podcast, Spotify, all the different areas, SoundCloud. Check it out. My name is Greg. With me, as always, is Paul. Stay safe. See you next week. Have a good one. The Sports Dance.